go again. Let's go! Round one, fight! Copy that. Then I took an arrow in the knee. It's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum. I'm all out of gum. Welcome to Decades of Gaming, where we take a look back at almost half a century of gaming. On this episode, we're talking about Bionic Commando, Driver, Gauntlet Dark Legacy, and The End is Nigh, and more. I'm Adam Bishop, and I am joined by my fellow part-time gamer, Dan Collins. Oh, we nailed it, Dan. First episode, will people stick around? Will we stick around? Every project I do, once it gets off the ground, I'm I'm in it for the long haul. I'm just here for that kick-ass theme song. Oh, I know. It's great. I was dancing along. That is World 3 from the game MC Kids or McDonald's Kids, I guess. McDonald's. Which, (laughs) it's an amazing game. Everybody play it, but we're not talking about that game today. We're talking about other games. What this podcast is about is every episode, we pick the four slash five decades of gaming. Each of us gets a decade and we pick a game that we know and love from that decade and we talk about it. I don't know how um, in depth we can go into it. I like, I'm not gonna be talking about development history and stuff like that. I'm gonna be talking about my personal history. What about you, Dan? Mostly just what I like about the games and that kind of thing. Yeah. So if you're expecting us to be like encyclopedias, September 17th, the the developer met, uh, broke up with his girlfriend and that caused this spiral of drinking that led to the development of the third plot line in the story. (laughs) And that's how the game was made. You're gonna have to look somewhere else for that kind of information. It's true. I, let's dive in, I guess. <laughs> hit that, hit the start button. Here we go. So the first game is my selection, and that is Bionic Commando. Bionic Commando is for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was released December 1988, published and developed by Capcom. It is a platformer game, which means it's like any other 2D platformer. Think of original Mario, any side-scrolling game. This game is... It's based on an arcade game that I've never played myself. And as far as I can tell, nobody cares about the arcade game. And and not too many people knew that there was an arcade game. They did make a Game Boy version of this game that was released four years later. There was also a second Game Boy game, but it was for the Game Boy Color. And it was titled Violent Commando Elite Forces. I've never played that game. But in 2006, this title was re-released in a three-pack on the Game Boy Advance called Capcom Classics Mini Mix, which I did own, and that included Strider and Mighty Final Fight, two games I don't care about. Two years later, so in 19, or not 19, in 2008, Capcom released a remake, or I guess a second remake, because the Game Boy game was a remake of the NES game, oh, and that was called Bionic Commando Rearmed, and that was for the Xbox 360 PS3 and also the PC. And I think that was through games with Windows and it's probably on Steam now. The reason why I picked this title is this is a game that I never personally owned, but I I would borrow it off a friend. Dan, you said that you've, you told me before that you've never even heard of this game. Never heard of it, no. Oh man. So my friend Duke owns that. I don't, I assume he still owns this game. I hope he didn't get rid of it, <laughs> but he owned it and I would borrow it off him and we would play it all the time. I had no idea what to do in this game. There's an overmap. I'm going to try and describe it without video and pictures. There's an overmap kind of like think Mario Brothers 3 where okay. you have the levels and you can go to whichever level you want as long as they're connecting. But this is almost like a checkerboard of lines and the levels themselves aren't they're all most of them are attached by other lines. I'll send you a picture later so you can get the idea. <laughs> 
and you'll go to a level and there'll be like a room inside that level in the the main level when you go inside that room it's like an intelligence briefing room where you use a computer and they tell you it's like hey if you go to this area be sure to bring these items with you because if you don't have these items you can't beat that area and to get those items you have to play other levels but it doesn't tell you what levels to play so this was classic NES in the sense that games were made to be difficult, mm. not to frustrate you, just to make sure that you get your, I guess, your time and money out of them. Because back in the day, if you got in, in a, a game that was an arcade game, you're not popping quarters in. Instead, it's just super difficult. But this one was just, this one made you play it. And you would almost need like a notepad and a pen and paper to write down just everything about it. Yeah, this is like, I, I love this game. I've never beaten it. I don't even think I've made it through. The, I don't even know if there's more levels after the first map. In in this game, you play a soldier named, I think he's, I don't think he has a name, but down the road, his name is Rad Spencer. And you have two. Rad, buttons. Rad Spencer? Rad, R-A-D. Nice. Like I, Radical Spencer. Yeah, I think he has like a longer name maybe, but it's just Rad Spencer from, from, nice. from what I remember. But in the game... You have your directional pads that like help you move. Up doesn't jump. I think it's A shoots and B is your grapple arm. So there is no jump in it. And what happens is I'm trying to remember. I think you push on the D-pad which way you want to push your grappling arm. So if there's a barrel in front of you, you can't jump or lunge over it. You have to use your grapple arm to grapple the ceiling above and in front of you on an angle and then swing yourself over the barrel. If you've ever played the game Worms, have you played it? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember if I've played Worms. So Worms was just like this battle game where you had a bunch of worms on a map and you would shoot each other. But that game has something called a ninja rope. And that's kind of like what Rad Spencer's arm is, where at one point you're just like fighter man and like you're shooting your arm and letting and then retracting it back and just swinging over the levels. And... (laughs) And th- there's levels where you can't see the enemy, so you'll swing and then you'll bump into the enemy and then you'll get, then you'll get bumped back and you kind of just fall off the stage and die. But yeah, this this game has like tons of um, different weapons in it where you'll shoot like a three bullet weapon, kind of like Contra. And nice. yeah, like I love this game and I think everybody should play it. You'll never beat it unless you read a walkthrough because it's super <laughs> insane and difficult. There was no internet back in those days, kids. No, you could get Nintendo power even then if you read it. I don't think it would tell you, <laughs> like it wouldn't help you at all. <laughs> maybe just give you a few tips or whatever yeah oh um the other thing i forgot to mention is in japan you're fighting adolf hitler and in this game i have questions oh yeah no about why he would be fighting adolf hitler in japan oh well not like in japan but sorry the japanese release of the game Mm -hmm. bad guy's name is hitler and you're fighting nazis in North America, they changed him to Mr. Bad with two Ds. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> so you go from fighting real historical evil to just Mr. Bad. Yeah, and the way they changed the physical look of the characters, they just took his mustache away. <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding? They took his wow. mustache away and they took away the swastikas. And what mm. they did was they put just like some, I think it was just like an eagle, like in the background. Yeah. But I think I want to say in this one, when you beat him, his head blows up. Like I'm pretty sure this 
Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Wolfenstein. Anyways, I think his head blows up. I can't remember. So you get to blow Hitler's head off. Yeah. Actually, do you have any questions about Bionic Commando? Is it like, do you know if it's available to get now? Ah, that's a good question. That's probably something we should try to figure out. Yeah, I believe it's available on the Nintendo DS and the virtual console, maybe the Wii U. I don't believe it's on the Switch for their um, online classic, like their classic console games. Yeah, their library. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's not. But yeah, um, it's the remake is should still be available on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and PC, depending. Um, they did do a game down the road, like a new Bionic Commando. Nobody fucking cares about that game. The worst part about that game is you still have your Bionic arm, which replaces your like your real arm. And at the end of the game, you find out that Bionic arm has AI in it, and it's your dead okay, wife. Okay. What? What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jimmy, we've written ourselves into a corner here. What should we do? Uh, just make his arm his dead wife. It's fine. His arm's his wife. It's a... So yeah, that's Bionic Commando. That's our first title. Hopefully I summarized it up well. I probably didn't. But Dan, I'm, tell... I'm disappointed, Adam, that you didn't have some dirty joke about his arm being his wife. Oh, no. Um, let me think of one. Uh... <laughs> I'm trying to think if it's his right arm or his left arm, because if it's his left left arm he can be like oh it feels like somebody else and she'd be like it's me baby it is somebody else it is it's my wife gross gross <laughs> of course you gotta we gotta start things off the way you know you gotta die the way you live you gotta pod the way you live out and we can't let listeners think that this is going to be a normal clean podcast that they can let their children listen to i'm gonna say i did not swear once yet and i'm I i'm pretty sure you did did i damn it oh well i'm pretty sure you dropped it dropped a few swears in there <laughs> all right so moving on up from the terrible 80s to the amazing 90s i picked driver uh, as my game now this one just 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 gets in because it was released june 30th 1999 oh so boom just got in six months six months before the end published by ubisoft and it was developed by reflections interactive which is a subsidiary of ubisoft based out of england and these guys have also done a bunch of cool things like uh recently they've done just dance throughout the years the division the watchdog games so they've done some cool stuff driver was available on the playstation as well apparently as the game boy color (laughs) i'm not sure about that i played it on the playstation i don't know anything about the game boy color version and it just doesn't really seem like the kind of game you would play on a game boy Yeah, so this game you play as an NYPD detective that is also a former race car driver, and he gets sent undercover to investigate a crime syndicate. You carry out various jobs to work your way up through the syndicate, you know, petty thefts, assaults, uh, assassinations that, of course, you don't pull off because you're an undercover cop. And so you're just sent to kill people, but you, you know make it look like you killed them or you blow the blow the job so that the person doesn't die and uh it was a sort of gta style clone at the time in 1999 i think it was probably better than the gta games that had been out an open world where you can explore through miami san francisco la and new york and it was also like a really 
big game sold a million copies within the first few months of its release looking it up now because i didn't know any of this at the time but when i looked it up now for the show it got very high reviews when it came out with uh some people even saying it was the best auto game ever made up to that point for driving and stuff that was uh so that's that's the plot of it. You go through, you just, it's just, a, it's really just a sort of GTA style clone game. But uh, I really enjoyed this one. My personal experience with it is that my parents wouldn't let me play Grand Theft Auto. And so for some reason, they let me get this one. I'm not sure if the rating was uh, lower or whatnot. And uh, me and my brother played this one for hours and hours and hours. The uh, sequel, Driver 2, was the first game that I can ever remember paying full price for. I bought it for my brother as a Christmas present. I think that one came out in like about 2000 or 2001. Um, and my parents were very mad at me because I spent $70 on a game for my brother. <laughs> they, were, they thought that was just the most ridiculous thing ever. And I mean, Adam, you and I know parents still think that about paying $70 for a game. Damn right. Did he love the game at least? I honestly don't know. I can't remember <laughs> if he even liked it. Oh my God. Um, I'm pretty sure he must have because, you know, I would be scarred for life if I spent $70 on something that somebody didn't want. But uh, I just, yeah, I don't remember because it was literally 20 years ago and I can't even remember what I did yesterday. So <laughs> Don't remember if he liked it. Could I have possibly reached out to him through the internet to say, hey, do you remember when I bought you Driver 2 for Christmas in the year 2000? And have him say, no, I don't recall that. Yes, I could have, but I did not. One thing that I remember, I can't, I can't re remember for sure if it was Driver or Driver 2, but there was one mission where you were driving out in the canyons. Okay, so I guess I didn't go quite as in-depth into the gameplay as you did but so yeah this is like you know you're a guy you run around you can shoot people and stuff like like it's a it's open world so you can get out of cars steal cars drive around do whatever you want you can steal you know um i i'm pretty sure i remember stealing like ambulances and stuff like that and cop cars and it has like you know you steal you steal a car and then you have to watch out because the cops will catch you if you they're they're on the lookout for you like it's it's very much close to a gta style game and uh but i remember playing this one level where you had to chase a guy through a canyon i think it was outside of la you had to chase a guy through a canyon and i played this for hours and hours and hours because i was trying to beat it and i just couldn't beat this one stupid level because either i would lose the bad guy he would get too far ahead of me and you know it's like oh you lost him game over or else i would end up driving off the cliff and into the canyon and die and I think I still have nightmares about trying to beat this level. So that is that was my first pick, Driver, a game that I remember fondly from the from the 90s. I've never played Driver 1 or 2. I have played Driver 3. Because that one was released on like 360, right? Uh, I think Driver that was, 3? Driver 3 was actually the original Xbox. Um, I remember was people... It? Yeah, people used to call it Drive 3R because that... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> because the, yes, it was driver, but the E was a three on the box. Excuse box. me, sir. Do you have drive three or uh, I, I've heard worse? 
but that game had um that one since it was on the xbox and the playstation 2 the xbox had an internal hard drive so you could do you can record video within your game onto the hard drive so you could take video clips there's an editor mode in it and i distinctly remember that game being rated m and when ubisoft made it they were trying to get a t rating so there's no blood in the game there's no swearing in the game it's basically like gta light for content yeah just the offensive content because they wanted everybody to be able to play this game and they still got a raid m because i think it was you could still hit people with your car but i think they would just get back up and walk away so you couldn't kill people with your car but yeah it was a gta clone and whenever people mention it's like oh i hope they make another driver game i always say like there is it's called watchdogs which it's kind (laughs) of that's what it evolved into but it's yeah, not, it's not officially a driver sequel, but it is driver basically because it's the new it's Ubisoft's GTA. I've never played Watch Dogs. Um, I, I have Watch Dogs one for my Wii U. I don't have Watch Dogs two, but I do have Watch Dogs Legion for my Xbox mm-hmm. one. And it is fun. There's lots of problems with it, but the, it's pretty fun. I, I really enjoy it. So I think that's hilarious that you were already referring to Watch Dogs as a driver sequel when it is actually from the same development team. Which I didn't know until you mentioned that. I'm like, oh, this yeah, makes that's sense. awesome. But then I got a little, I got a little sad when you said they made Just Dance as well. <laughs> well, you, sometimes you just have to pay the bills, right? It's, it's true. <laughs> you know, you can't. They can't all be great hits, and sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, so. With Driver 3, I never owned it myself. I played it at my friend Hal's house because I think he rented it from Micro Player Blockbuster back when those rental stores were around. And yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, I've never played Driver 3. And I don't know, to follow up with the question I asked you, I don't know if this is available on any new system that you can buy. Yeah. As a PlayStation exclusive, you might be able to buy it through the PlayStation Store maybe, but yeah, you, I don't know. You did actually remind me of something as well. When you said there was a Game Boy Color version of it, it's probably horrible, but that did yeah. remind me. Did you ever play any of the Max Payne games? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Okay, there, there is a Max Payne on Game Boy Advance. So Max Payne was a third-person shooter that had bullet time in it, and they did an amazing Game Boy Advance version, which will be on this show <laughs> eventually because I fucking love that game. I swore, damn it. <laughs> I told you you can't go without swearing. Max Payne did it. They killed my family. And I'm out to further. He was, he was Liam. No, actually, no. I was going to say Marky Mark played him in the movie. Oh, God damn. It's such a bad movie. Anyways. Anyways. So that's all I had for Driver. So my game number two is for the decade of the 2000s. So that's what I guess 2000, 2000 till 2009. <laughs> yes. So my next game is Gauntlet Dark Legacy. This was originally an arcade game that was then brought over home to home consoles for the PlayStation 2, the GameCube, the Xbox, and the Game Boy Advance. I, I have release dates as well. In the arcades, it was just released in 2000. I've, I don't have an exact date. For PlayStation 2, it was May 1st, 2001. For GameCube, it was March 6th, 2002. 
And for Xbox, it was April 15th, 2002. And then Game Boy Advance, which I think I played it. It's really bad. That one was November 25th, 2002. Um, A fun fact is this game did come out in Europe on all those consoles, except for Game Boy Advance, which was North America only. And Japan never received this game when it was originally released. This one was, um, it was published by Midway Games and developed by, I think it was Midway Games West. And the genre is a hack and slash dungeon crawler. So basically what what this is, it's it's Dungeons and Dragons. This this series has been around since 1985s, originally in arcades. And you would get, I'm going to try and remember the four classes. You would get Dwarf, Archer, Mage, Warrior. And I think that was it. I think those those original four. And this is the one that the game that started the trope of um, like Red Warrior needs food badly. So if you've ever heard like someone say that, that's this game, because in the arcades and this version is you would have health. And as the the clock was going down, like you had a timer, basically, you could spend as much time you wanted in a level, but every second that you, that you were playing the game, your health went down by one. So how do you get more health? You pick up, you pick up food in the game, or you can put in another quarter while you're playing. (laughs) Okay. And, and that's how arcade games were. They, they were quarter munchers. They wanted to take everything out of your pocket possible. So this game I've never beaten. This is actually a sequel to Gauntlet Legends, which was released like on Dreamcast and 64 PlayStation 1. It's kind of like an expansion, like a standalone expansion that has Gauntlet Legends plus a bunch of extras. It's really the same game, but it came out in 2000, which is why I picked it. So the reason why I picked this, my personal connection for it is, is that this is the game that I played back on NES when the first one was ported to that. So I played this throughout the years. I've got to watch it grow up and kind of die because they haven't made a new one (laughs) for quite some time. And I've owned this game. I think I own it for GameCube is where I really played it. The the first version, I played it on the N64 with my friend Rob and he's beaten this game with it. I think he beat it with his sister as well. And I'd always be like, do you want to play Gauntlet? He's like, I finished that. I'm like, man, I never finish any game I play. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, like this is such a fun game. And basically I'll say what the story is. Um, I think it's Merlin the Wizard's like, hey, like this bad guy has stolen all these um, tablets and you need the tablets to unlock the world. And then once you get tablets and you unlock all the areas and you beat the bosses, you can fight the main boss. But it's basically just a big maze that you're going through the level, um, unlocking doors, you open chests, you get power moves, but you literally just hold the A button and kind of throw like your sword at people, your axe, your spells, and you're just killing hordes and hordes of bad guys coming at you while trying not to die yourself. And at the end of the, the level, like you get like these little mountains of gold and bones to show your kills. And it's cooperative, but at the same time, you're still fighting each other. So you'll see um, a piece of ham on the ground and be like, who needs food? And the guys, your friend will be like, I need food. I'm dying. So you let him grab the food, even though you might need it as well, but he needs it more. And this yeah. is this game at the arcade was four people at a time. So you could stand all like side by side playing this. And the cool thing about the arcade is because it was a Midway game, Midway has a history of for arcade games. You would enter your initials. And then you would enter your password. So when you went back to that machine, you could enter your initials and your special password, and then you're back to where you left off. That's uh, very cool. I've never heard that. Yeah, it's um, it was in the like the last generation. So like the or the late '90s, I think a lot of games did that, especially for Midway. 
Um, and there were other arcade companies that actually let you bring like a memory card. So I'm, I'm trying to remember what game it was. There were some that you could bring. They look like cell phone cards, basically, and you could pop into the machine or some of them actually let you use like Dreamcast or PlayStation memory cards as well. Those are very rare for the machines that do. I have no idea what, which ones <laughs> do that. I can't even like, I can't even think of one right now. But yeah, this is a game that if you're playing by yourself, it's kind of boring. You can still play it, but when you're playing with other friends sitting down, it's a fucking blast and everyone should go through this game because it's amazing. Very cool. And I can't believe you've never you've never heard a gauntlet or played one of these. <laughs> uh like maybe I played one of the older ones. Do they how far back do the older ones go? Um, I think 19 for the arcades would be 84, and then it was on the NES. The NES one originally wasn't a special. I want to say special. It was in the black cartridge that said 10 gen. So if you went to your friend's house, they would just have this random black cartridge. It might've been gauntlet. I think that was the most popular one. Like I, I feel like I've probably have, have they been part of like um, other sort of classic game collections and stuff? Oh yeah. There was midway arcade treasures. They really released three of them. The first two were just like standard games that had like mortal Kombat, gauntlet rampage, all those games. But then the third release was just all, driving games like hydro thunder and other games i can't even remember because nobody cares about driving games yeah like i've probably played played one of the games at some point but it never stood out too much to me yeah yeah once um once lockdown is over we're gonna play it together (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know like they've been putting out what it'd be pretty cool if this one came out in an arcade console that you could get like they did the ninja turtles and the marvel x-men games and stuff i think this has been in one of those but it wasn't like the dark legacy or gauntlet legends it was the original gauntlet that would have been with um things like rampart and um rampage stuff like that but i don't believe it was in one i I would kill for those like some of those one-up arcade machines are really cool they're not that great and they cost a lot if they were like a hundred bucks i would have bought a bunch and just stuck them in my storage locker because i don't have any anywhere to put them here for the hundred bucks i would have bought them all but not played them because that's the kind of gamer i am it's true yep all right so my number four is the end is nigh which was released on Nintendo Switch December 12th, 2017. I didn't bother to look up any other versions that were released because I only care about the Nintendo Switch version. Did you get it physically or digitally? Um, I got it physically to start, <gasps> but I don't have it physically anymore. Oh, I was going to say that means you have the squishy of um, little guy, right? No, I do not. Oh, uh, We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. We'll get I get into I'm, that into a minute. I'm getting excited. So the publisher and developer that I found online, it says Edmund McMillan and Tyler Glale. But like, isn't it published through Nicholas Games? Yes, the same people who do Bind of, Binding of Isaac. Binding of Isaac and uh, Super Meat Boy was the... Super Meat Boy was developed by Edmund as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what what kind of game, like what what's the the um, genre for this? I don't, I'm bad at genres. I would say this one would be a puzzle platformer. Yeah. Yeah. So I had I had a platforming adventure, but yes, it's definitely puzzly where you control. Okay, so basically, basically the story is that you are a tumor or something at the end of the world the world has ended and he's just trying to play his video games 
his cartridges are all corrupted and he can't play his video games anymore. So he basically decides that he wants to build a friend out of other tumors that he can find because there's no people left in the world, just sad tumors and bad guys. So you head off into the world and you collect tumors to make a friend and you can find special secret corrupted cartridges in hidden areas. And these are fully playable mini games that you can unlock. And it's 600 plus single screen levels where you will come into the screen and then you've got to figure out where you need to like jump, roll, dive, do whatever to get through past the obstacles, which could be the obstacles could be spikes. They could be like satanic fish or these other like disgusting tumors that make weird sounds and explode outwardly at you. And uh, if you touch anything other than the ground, you die. And uh, there's some birds that fly at you too. And like, it's just a really fun, tough game to play. And so my personal experience with this is that I had just picked up my Nintendo Switch uh, sometime, I think it was probably around the summer or fall of 2018-ish. And I was looking for some games to buy. You know, I was working at uh, EB Games at the time. And on my break for lunch, I would sit in the back room and watch Super Mario Maker videos by some of my favorite YouTubers like uh, DGR and Ryukar. And these are guys that are playing uh, super expert levels of Super Mario Maker 1 at the time uh, and playing all these like difficult platforming levels. And I would watch these guys do these And I was super excited because there was a Super Mario Maker 2 coming out, but I couldn't play it because like it wasn't out yet. So I was trying to like come up with something to play where I could hone my Mario skills and become a very good platformer. And so one day I picked up this game in the store and asked one of my coworkers about it. And uh, he was actually the one who had traded it in. And uh, he told me, you know, that it was a challenging platformer game. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pick it up and give it a shot. And he traded it in, but he kept the squishy, Adam. Oh, he and kept the squishy. Can I guess who traded that in since I, you, you absolutely can. Th- that would be Mr. Jeff, correct? That was Mr. Jeff. Yes. Mr. Jeff, you're the best. He, he probably <laughs> you are the it. best. He probably, well, I finished it. Did you finish? I haven't, I haven't finished I, that. I, yeah, I beat this. So let, so he traded it in without the squishy, but he had everything else in there with it. So it had like a cool little art book and stuff. And then after I had played this for a while, I actually traded it in physically because it went on sale on the digital store for like $3. And I was able to trade it in physically for like 15 to 20 bucks or something. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to buy this digitally and trade it in because it's a smart decision to help me buy some other games. So I, I did that, even though I regret it now, because this is... This is probably one of my all-time favorite games for the Switch, and I would really like to have a physical copy still. So maybe I'll pick up a physical copy if I see one out there. <laughs> um, are you laughing because you own one? No, um, I I, per- I purchased it digitally as well, and I only have digital games for my Switch. I don't have any, any actual cartridges. <laughs> Yeah, because you're a weirdo. I just don't like, I, I don't have room for them anymore. How much room can it take? It doesn't take, you just need a little shelf. 
Oh my God. So many games, so little space. No. So one of the things that's really makes this game addictive is because it is very hard. Like, right. It's really hard. Yeah. And, but you respawn immediately after dying, like literally within a fraction of a second, you'll respawn back at the beginning of the, the, the level, which is just the single screen. And so like, it's super addictive because you, there's nothing worse than when you're playing like a hard game and then you die and you have to wait 20 seconds before you start the next, you know, because they got a big death screen or blah, 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 or some music plays, you know, this, like you literally, you die. And then there's a gross, like sucking sound, like, (laughs) and then suddenly you're just back again and you can, you can just keep, keep going. And it's, it's really just that reset is so fast that you don't get tired when you die. In fact, there, there are some, some places where I died so many times that like, I just, my brain stopped working and I would just hold right and just immediately die over and over and over again while I stared like slack faced at the screen (laughs) because I was so just like, oh, I can't do this. And so you would just be like, thwomp sucking sound sucking sound sucking sound of because my i'm just killing my poor character over and over and over again the other thing that's great is because uh you there's no you can there's no lives when you start the game when you beat the first part of the game uh as you go along there's a tumor on every screen that you can collect and at the end of the game well at the end of the first part of the game you switch from the like overworld to the underworld and in the underworld you actually only have the same amount of lives you have as you had tumors that you collected in the overworld so suddenly suddenly it becomes so much more challenging because you don't want to lose all of your lives now i've played this game quite a bit and i've never lost all my lives because whenever i get low on lives you can just skip back to the overworld and then come back to the underworld and your lives will reset to whatever you were at. Mm-hmm. So I've managed to not ever actually have like a game over, game over. But yeah. And then the funny thing is the final, the final boss in this is you go through like say 20 or 30 single screen levels at your own pace. And then when you get to the final boss, he just like kills himself. And then suddenly the world starts falling apart and you have to race backwards through the last 30 levels within like five minutes. And it might've taken you three hours to get there. So it's a really tough thing. Like you can take as long as you want to get there, but suddenly now you have to just like go full tilt to get back. This game, this is a game that I have almost 100%ed. I think I'm at around 98% so far, which is collecting all of the uh, tumors and all the uh, video game cartridges and other hidden collectibles in the game but i have also died thirty thousand times oh my god it keeps track of your deaths uh, at the start screen so like when you go into your game it'll be like number of deaths thirty thousand one hundred and twenty seven. you know so, and so yeah you're yeah. a master dyer <laughs> i'm a master dyer but again, like, it's just so easy. Like you can, you can die 50 times over the course of honestly two or three minutes because sometimes the levels are just that hard. And I, I recently picked this up again. I had played it. I've played it for over 40 hours back when I got it. And I recently, like over the past few months, picked it up again and started playing for a few minutes 
here and there. Uh, mostly, I think, because one of the YouTubers I mentioned, he started playing uh, Super Meat Boy. And then I was like, ah, oh, Super Meat Boy. Yeah, that reminds me how great the end is nigh is. So I went back and started playing it a bit and was surprisingly still good at it because, you know, this is a game that suddenly becomes muscle memory when you're playing because it's so intricate and some of the jumps and the stuff like you do is just so tight and ridiculous that you just do it over and over again until until it's muscle memory. So this game is voiced by world famous superstar Rich Evans from Red Letter Media. Okay. Where if you if you don't know what Red Letter Media is, it means nothing. But he was the voice actor of the little tumor guy, which is he has a very distinct voice. His name is Ash. His name is Ash. Okay. Yes. Ash is voiced by Rich Evans. And that's yeah, he's um Dick. The, if you've ever seen the Dick, the birthday boy meme, that's a family photo of him. And that's who voices this character. You'll have to send me the meme so I can see. Oh, for sure. But that's that. Yeah, that's that's cool. I didn't know that he was uh, voiced by somebody who is somebody. <laughs> is he somebody? He's he's an internet. He's a he's a YouTube star. I mean, if he's a meme, then he's somebody. Yeah, he um, the picture Ellen and Julia Roberts showed on her show. And they're like, we don't know who this is. And everyone's like, that's Rich Evans. Everyone knows who that is. That's that's hilarious. So you like this game as well, right? Oh, I love this game. Yeah, it's, it's been quite some time since I picked it up and played it. But yeah, I, I have probably, I think I probably have like 10 or 15 hours in it. Not as much as you, but this is a great game. Yeah, if you like Super Meat Boy, there's lots of, in this one, I guess Meat Boy, it always makes a sound whenever you jump or hit the wall. But this one, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the sucking sound when you die. And uh, it's so much fun. That's, I, I probably did literally have like nightmares about that sucking sound just <laughs> from my brain being traumatized from deaths but yeah do you have anything uh, any other comments about this game adam everyone if you haven't played it grab it it's it's on pc i think it's on mac switch and i want to say ps4 but not xbox for some reason but yeah get it it's it's amazing i, I don't know I if it's on game. ps4 i know like the uh, binding of isaac's on ps4 and the switch but not the xbox right it's so bizarre i, I have no idea why and actually, so I own Binding of Isaac, but I have never played it. Oh, Binding of Isaac is great as well. I also picked up Super Meat Boy a couple of months ago uh, because it was on sale for not not three bucks, which was great like this one, but it was on sale for like 10 bucks or something. And I picked it up because of this game is just so good. But I've only played I've only played like maybe an hour or two of Super Meat Boy because I just wasn't into it at the time that I picked it up. I do need to play that through. <laughs> So this is where we move into our, I guess, our game number three, if we had one, which is a game that came out from 2020 and beyond. I have one, Dan. Do you have one? Of course not. I don't play games now. Yeah, new game. So my game that I'm going to quickly talk about, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I did talk about it on a different podcast. My game is Subverse. Subverse is only for the PC. Oh my god! It was released released March twenty sixth, two thousand. So much for even keeping this mildly close to being family friendly. I'm I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it was published and developed by FOW Interactive, F O W Interactive. The genre is a tactical RPG shoot 'em up. 
So if you ever played a game like XCOM, that'd be the tactical RPG. And then shoot 'em up is kind of like Robotron Geometry Wars. It has a space shooter in it. This game was launched on Kickstarter March 2019, and it raised over 1.6 million pounds within one month from supporters. I have no idea when I actually heard of this game, but I fell in love with the idea right away, which is you're a space pirate. I don't know if you're a pirate. You're, you're a space captain and you get all of your waifus that you want. And it is an, it is an adult only game. So it's never going to be on any console. And you play this game like a perv where there, there are adult sex scenes in it and they are hardcore scenes. And it's very fun because there's not too many games like this anymore. And I know I've shared pictures and videos with friends. Stan, you, you saw some stuff from this, right? Oh, I unfortunately did see some stuff. Yeah, so um, this is a fun game for PC if you're into that thing. If you're not, that's perfectly fine. Everyone's comfortable with different things, but I, I enjoy this game. <laughs> uh, you, you sent some, you're like, hey, who wants to see some not safe for work video game footage? And I was like, oh, it's probably just like a, some, some badly animated boobs. But no, it was full hardcore insertion. Yeah, it as was bad as it gets. Yep. At this point of the show, we are going to rate the games out of five and there's no point. So you can't get a 4.5 because everyone knows that a 4.5 is really just a nine out of 10. So nobody likes the point system because you want to have the thing about a five is one and two like are not good. A three out of five is a fine game, but a six out of 10 people are like, oh, I would never play a six out of 10, but you would play a three out of five. And that's the exact same score. So it's all about the perception of the measurements. Exactly. So if you put a 0.5 in there, you're telling people you can look at this out of a 10 because the 0.5 is the halfway mark. We don't do that here. So what we're going to do is we're going to say the game, what the score is, and if we would recommend it and to like what kind of gamer we would recommend this to. Sure. All right. So Bionic Commando, I give this game a four out of five. It's beautiful. I would recommend this to pro gamers. If you are not a pro gamer, <laughs> and that's a very subjective thing to say, but if you're not, if you don't think you're a pro gamer, don't play this game because it's really difficult because it is an NES game. I would, for Driver, I would rate it a four out of five because it was a lot of fun. And I would recommend this game to anyone who likes GTA style games, but maybe you don't like the excessive gratuitous violence or some of the storylines that are over the top, sexist, etc. With Gauntlet Dark Legacy, this is one that I enjoy. I would say this gets a four out of five as well. And I think that's going to be probably the standard for games that we really like until we get to the games that we love, which are going to be five out of five. I would say people who should play this game are casual gamers and multiplayer gamers. Don't play this game alone. But if you are a casual gamer, like you can pick this up and have tons of fun with it. You, you can play this with anybody. Like a five-year-old can play this game with other people and have a great time. For the end is nigh, I would, I would rate this five out of five. I would rate this six out of five if I could, because <laughs> this is one of my favorite games to play. One of my favorite, one of my favorite games of all time, which is ridiculous. And I would recommend this for anyone who likes a really tough platformer who, who, who is up for a challenge and won't get discouraged easily if you die a bunch right off the go, because like it is a very hard game, but it's so rewarding to play when you're actually doing all these incredible maneuvers to get across these stupid screens. It's not a family. This game is rated mature because they drop a few F-bombs just like my co-host Adam. 
So it's not recommended for uh, little kids unless you turn the sound off. But even that's not safe because a lot of the visuals are nightmare fuel for children. Oh, yeah. Even in the first, like the first cutscene of the game is him just going, fuck, fuck, fuck. Literally, literally the first second of the game is him dropping an F-bomb. For Subverse, I give this game a four out of five. I recommend it to perverts. <laughs> so four out of five for perverts. That That is it. That's all you need to know. Now, what would it be a five out of five for perverts and a four out of five for regular people? No, four out of five. It's a, it's an early access game, so it's not done yet. It's really That's fun. That's what she said. <laughs> It's, it hasn't finished yet, baby. <laughs> Disgusting. So, Dan. Yes. What are we playing and what have we bought? Currently, I have been playing a little bit of Subverse. Not too, too much. But I had been playing lots of Nintendo 64 games because I bought an EverDrive, which is a cartridge that lets you load ROMs onto it. So I never have to buy an N64 game again. And I have the full library on one cartridge, which is amazing. And everyone should get that. And I will be talking about N64 games in the future because I can play them all now. And it's... They're super fun, and a lot of them are super bad. (laughs) Nice. Speaking of super bad... I am playing Fortnite. Boo. That, that's, that's, I, I used to play Fortnite on my vacations when I was home alone with a friend of mine. And we stayed up until four o'clock one morning um, <laughs> playing it where he had to work the next day. And ah, yeah, nice. Th- that game is fun when you have people to play with. It's, it's fine, but when you're playing by yourself, um, I would have probably bought the cable skin from the X-Men had I known that he was in the game, but I didn't. So I don't have that skin. The skins are okay. So first I, I feel like I have to justify how I got into Fortnite as a 40 year old man. Please tell me there's a doctor who skin. No, no. I got into it because my, my daughter who's 10 was bugging me because like all of her friends talk about Fortnite. She's like, let's play. I want to play Fortnite, download Fortnite. Let's play Fortnite. And I said, okay, fine. We'll download Fortnite, but it's been out for so long now that like you're just going to play and get massacred because you don't know how to play. So I'm going to set it up and play and learn how to play so then I can help you play. And then, you know, it won't be such a unenjoyable experience for you. And then I never did. And then one day she was over here and she was like, can, I, let's, can we just play Fortnite? And I was like, you know what? Yes. And I set it up and she started playing. And like immediately did okay, you know, maybe made it into the top 25 or whatever in her first match when she didn't even know what the controls were because (laughs) she just jumped into a car and tried to run people over. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then after when I was home alone, I was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to, you know, figure out how the game's played. And I started playing and then I was like, man, this is fun. And then I've been addicted ever since. And I've been playing it for like a month now. And they just released a Batman skin. But it's like literally, it's literally in stupid V-Bucks. So like it doesn't convert straight to regular old buckaroonies. But it's like 15 bucks just for this skin. Holy shit. Yeah. And that's just for one. You can buy the pack that gets you like... His the skin he, he changes your regular weapon into a Batman weapon instead, and gives you a Batman glider and a Batman background for your loading screen. And this pack is twenty one hundred V bucks, which is like twenty bucks worth of V bucks. What are you playing on Switch? On the Switch, yeah. Oh, maybe I'll reinstall it on my Switch and we can play together. You should, and we should, 
and then uh, we can we can uh, have a decades of gaming Fortnite night. <laughs> so be sure to tune in for our next episode where we're going to have a classic WWF game, a Tomo Nobu. I hope I didn't butcher that name. I probably did. And I apologize. Itagaki game and two other games that are mystery games that will be Dan's selections. If I bother to do any research. <laughs> Next up, we have listener mail. First episode, there's no mail. So let us know if you played any of these games that we've discussed today. If you like them, if you have a personal story, and we'll read your letter on a future episode. So you can email us at decadesofgamingpodcast at gmail.com. All right, so that's it for this episode. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Decades of Gaming. You can also visit allmylinks.com forward slash Decades of Gaming for all of our links. And you can find myself on Twitter at Presto Adam on the A Kind of Garbage podcast found at akindofgarbagepodcast.com or on any major podcast platform. And finally, on the Hey Kids Comics radio show, Friday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on Trent Radio 92.7 CFFFM or at heykidscomics.ca. Dan, where can listeners find you? On my couch <laughs> or possibly on Twitter at Dan the Writing Man or any of the places you already mentioned because we do podcasts together on all those places. Yeah, Hey Kids Comics <laughs> and the kind of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> With that said, I'm Anna Bishop. I'm Dan Collins. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in next episode. What?